Hey there, friend, and welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of Self-Love for Breakfast. And today, oh my goodness, I have someone you are going to love if you don't know her already. So excited. So her name is Keisha, and she is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, speaker, and podcaster who's on a mission to help women unapologetically share their voice and message with the world. Along with her podcast, she has a global community of personal growth-obsessed women, sounds like you guys, is the founder of two podcast courses that help women launch or grow their show, and the host of an in, of in-person women empowerment events. Keisha, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ah, I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So we like to kick things off with like a little initiation. Uh, we call it goals, a gratitude and badassery. So like right off the bat right now, what is your current goal? Like so goal? at the time that we're recording this, we are about to launch tickets for Empower Her Live, which is my first big women's event. Woo! And it's going to be like 500 plus women in Phoenix, Arizona. So the goal is just like get these bad boys launched and navigate the feels that come up of being really, really excited, but simultaneously also freaking out internally at the exact same time and just kind of like survive this and like have a lot of fun in the process. So that's the current goal right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've been seeing that. I'm super excited to, I'm excited for it. So <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, so gratitude. What are you grateful for right now? I'm grateful that as we're going through this, my best friend of 15 years, Jackie, works with me. And because of the business that I've built, my husband, Zena, can help with the back end, but also has a lot of flexibility. And it's just like really surreal when you're sitting at your kitchen table because our office isn't set up yet. And it's (laughs) me and my best friend and my husband working on things in our business. And the fact that we like, we're all such good friends and we get to do this together. I'm just like, I feel so deeply grateful for that at this exact moment. Like we just ate eggs together after a workout <laughs> and then we jump into our work day and it's just, it feels really surreal. You know, I would have never that. imagined to be here, but it's like, it's so exactly where I need to be. I love that so much. And a badassery. So something you have done recently that you're like really proud of yourself for, or you just think is pretty badass. So what initially just came to mind that I felt the most badass was, um, have you heard of 29029? No. What's that? So it's a physical endurance challenge. Yes. Okay. You've heard of it? Okay. So (laughs) I saw your, yeah, yeah, I don't know about this. Um, (laughs) my husband and I, um, did this challenge called 29029. And it was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my entire life, mentally and physically. And basically Jesse Itzler and Colin O'Brady, who is the first guy to trek across Antarctica unassisted, they created this event for you to hike the equivalent elevation gain and distance of Mount Everest without the whole risk of dying thing. So, <laughs> um, so we did it in Utah and it was the coolest experience ever. Cause you had 36 hours to hike a mountain 13 times, which was the equivalent 29,029 feet. And 
we were not trained for it. And it was a lot of mental. And it's like, right when you said badassery, I think of the exact moment of crossing the finish line after not sleeping for 31 hours, being so mentally and physically exhausted. And then just bursting into tears being like, if I could do that, I could probably like do a childbirth with no medication on this. Mess. Like, I just was like, nobody can stop me. Um, so that is the last time that I felt like a complete and total badass. <laughs> I, I remember watching your stories when you were doing that, now that you're talking about it. And it's so funny because it looked so easy in stories. You're like, oh yeah, wow, they're going up again, you know, because you didn't have to actually experience like the pain and misery of <laughs> yes, actual literally. I, I cannot cannot imagine. <laughs> well, it, it kind of goes back to the idea that's applicable to anything in life where like when you know that you had to earn it and it was mm. so challenging, you get that like super deep feeling of pride that nobody can ever take that from you. Right. Yeah. And like, we live in this instant gratification culture and like, we want everything to happen so quickly, but I'm like, gosh, when you actually do have to work something and put in some reps and you're questioning, like, am I even capable of doing this in your life, in your career and doing these crazy physical challenges at the end, you are so freaking proud. It's like, like I literally can like cry thinking about it because it was just like so freaking proud, you know? I love that. Yeah. I like climbed a mountain in Bali. It was not anything like ever, <laughs> but, but still, I was, if it challenges yeah, you, I was like the last person. I was like the very last person in our group. Like the, one of the guides had to like come with me the whole time. Cause I was like not in shape for some reason. And when I got to the top of it and got to see the sunrise, I was so pumped and everyone was like, oh yeah, we thought you were going to be done. I was like, no, I was coming. Nope. Don't slow. count me out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, slow still gets you there. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't always have to be, you know, warp speed. So, so talk to me a little bit about actually working with like, you know, your husband and your best friend, because I think old school rules are like, you know, don't hire family and like all of that stuff. Yeah. And like, obviously we're changing that game, but like, Talk about just kind of like any of the challenges or just like how that, how, how that all even came <laughs> <back>. <laughs> works out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I started my career doing what I feel like a lot of women that listen into the show might connect with of, I did the thing that I thought that I was supposed to do and mm. I got there and it was actually really good. So I wasn't in a situation where my back was ever against the wall, where I was like forced to make a change or become an entrepreneur. It's just because we become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group. So mm -hmm. many of my girlfriends and my now husband, like they had these like very linear paths of like, this is what we're supposed to do. Let's kind of like, you know, climb the corporate ladder. And I had great income and career trajectory, which made it way more confusing yeah. because I wasn't uncomfortable. Like I, I didn't have a crappy boss that I was like, I got to leave or I hate my job. I actually wasn't in that situation, which made me feel really guilty and also very confused. Mm. And my husband is a Enneagram three achiever. Like what's the goal? Let me focus on that. I'll go get it. He mm -hmm. actually became a dentist. He ended up leaving dentistry, but that was kind of his goal. And then my best friend, Jackie, who now works with me, she was someone who was like, this is kind of like what, this is just what we do, right? But always had this feeling that she wanted to have more freedom, but wasn't really the person that was going to start the thing first. Mm. So my entrepreneurial journey started with me building something on the side back in January of 2014. And it was actually in network marketing. And I had no vision of my husband or my best friend ever being involved in like what I was doing straight out the gates. I didn't think of it turning into a business like this. Um, but when I decided to start network marketing, my best friend, Jackie was the first person that was like, Oh, if you do this, like take me with you, like, I'm let's in. go. I'm in. Like, she's <laughs> just like it. that kind of girl. 
Um, and that, and that business ended up really taking off and we moved from my husband and I then boyfriend actually moved from Seattle to New York city for him to go to NYU dental school. And I was building this business on the side. So for any women listening in that are like, Oh my gosh, it's so hard when you're juggling a full-time job and you're trying to build a side business and you don't have any proof that you can look back on and say, see, last time I did this, it worked out. I was like, (laughs) I think this is going to work out. I've got like my best friend Jackie being like the most epic like hype squad person and Cena was so focused on my husband. Not a lot of people have that though. Like no. not a lot of people have that best or friends. They're normally like, okay, well let me know how it works out. Yeah. Good luck for you. <laughs> right. I was so fortunate to do that. Um, but like Cena was so focused on his career, like getting through dentistry. And I was just kind of building this business while my last corporate job was at Google, kind of building it in the cracks and just really trying to just tap into believing like in my ability to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that even though I didn't really have proof that it would work out and a lot of people didn't understand it. And a lot of people had negative commentary to say about it, especially in a industry like network marketing, it has such a negative stigma. Yes. And, um, you know, I no longer build that business, but like it taught me so much about entrepreneurship. And then what happened a couple years into it after we were making, I mean, every year my income was growing by like a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like, what the heck? So a few (laughs) years into it, it felt so unaligned and I was extra confused because it was back to that beginning stage of having all the things on paper that made sense that a lot of other people thought was great. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Mm. You know, like, why am I not fulfilled by this anymore? Like I'm getting to speak on these massive stages, like 10,000 people and I'm making great income and great impact. But I honestly just got bored. Um, I didn't feel like it was challenging me enough. And I really wanted to create something of my own. But like many women listening into this, you kind of have this feeling of like, but what do I do? Like, right. I don't want to be doing what I'm doing, but what the hell do I do And next, how do you right? make money doing like this, the little things I like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, 100%. And so when I was saying to myself, I don't know what I want to do next. And I'm like crying on the bathroom floor, the kind where you're, you know, your snot and your mascara get together in your mouth and you're choking on your spit. Yes. And you're like, I suck. Um, I was doing that while also on paper having what a lot of people would have been like, this is so awesome. Um, but when I let myself actually think about it, I recognized that I did actually know what I wanted to do. I wanted to start a podcast. Mm. And it was because I felt like there were a lot of women that were podcasters in the personal growth space that they felt as if they were five steps ahead of me. And they were giving me advice in hindsight. Like, don't worry, girl. I was there a couple of years ago. You'll get mm. through it. I was like, I don't feel like there's a lot of women that are pulling back the curtain in real time because I'm on my bathroom floor crying and I feel like I suck <laughs> at everything. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life. And I feel so lost. And I'm Googling, like, are you lost? Like figuring out like who wrote a book about that so I can bring them on this podcast is what I ended up doing. <laughs> are you lost? But, <laughs> but I just, I felt like, you know, Sometimes when it's not being represented the way that you think it should, it's because I believe you're supposed to be the representation, right? Totally. So the intention was start my podcast called Empower Her, which was at the end of 2018. And then I eventually was able to build that consistently and kind of leave that business that no longer felt aligned. And when I tried to do it on my own, I was so overwhelmed and stressed. And the first person that I came to that I knew could help was my best friend, Jackie, Mm -hmm. um, And I was like, help me. (laughs) Like, can you just take some of this off my plate? And she did. And then she got brought into everything. And yeah, it's just, it's been a wild ride. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Do you, do you feel like there's like any like boss employee, like kind of weird boundaries or does it just feel easy and not 
It, it's interesting because I do think it would be really difficult to work with friends mm-hmm. if um, if you didn't have the, like, we have 15 years of friendship where we've done a lot of things together. Like even yeah. back in network marketing, she was in that business and I was the one that had started it. So we kind of had our own roles. And I, I think it's also really powerful to remind yourself, even if you're not working with a significant other or, you know, obviously this, this probably won't be applicable to most people, but it's asking yourself, am I creating an environment around me of people that are also different than me? Mm-hmm. Because um, for anyone that knows like Enneagram, for example, I'm a seven, I'm an enthusiast. I'm a visionary, I've got all the ideas, but I am really messy at like implementing. <laughs> I'm yeah. not structured. Like if you're like, what's a sales funnel. I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. I just want to like get people involved. Um, so being very intentional as a business owner of having people that have different personalities around you. My husband's very different than me in terms of how he thinks. And so is Jackie, Yeah. but I do that in my life where like, even with my girlfriends, I'm like, I don't want a bunch of people that think exactly like me that are motivated the same way as me that approach problems or look at life exactly the same way as me, because I want to learn and grow and I want to get better. And if I have a bunch of me around, Mm. I'm probably going to want to take a fork and (laughs) shove it in my eyeball because I'm so much sometimes. Um, But you know, so that's something I always think about very having a nice, like diversity of thought and opinions and, and not having the ego where someone else comes in with an idea that's obvious obviously better than the one that you create, you know, a system or something. And then they come in like, Hey, why don't we do it like this? And be like, yeah, that's a really good idea. Wow. That's going to save yeah. us so much time. Thank you for coming with that and not being like, no, we're doing it my way. Cause, cause I I'm wanted, the one that I'm... wants to do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're missing out on so much opportunity to totally. grow as a person, but also you're robbing other people that you're wanting to impact with the thing that you're creating. If you don't get more, you know, perspectives. And I I just think that's been really helpful for me too, is like to be very intentional about that and be open to constructive feedback and not make it mean that I suck, but more so that I'm resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I I think sometimes people get really tender about, about feedback when it's like, it's not personal. It's not about you. It doesn't mean you suck. It just means like maybe the idea wasn't as efficient as it could be or yeah. Something. (laughs) So true. So with you on that. So I like how you said, um, you know, I think even with this podcast or how I've, I've personally just been on my social media throughout the years, like I'm, I generally get, do the mess. Like we're kind of maybe still in the wound. It hasn't quite become a scar. And sometimes it's a scar, you know, sometimes we share the the older stuff. Um, but even just, I don't know how many, how many episodes ago I shared how I I created a course and one person bought it at the time there were zero. So (laughs) Yeah. And I recorded the week that we did it because it was like, look, like, I don't want to come at you three years from now and be like, yeah, you guys, you know, my, my first course, it was a major flop, but like, just keep going. It was like, no, this sucks. This is tender. Like I've processed it enough to not be like a whole mess talking about it right now, but like this happened and, and, and I'm still going and I still created it and it's still there. And I just act as though a million people are watching it and <laughs> it's yes. great. You know, but it's like, it's okay. It's okay to, to share that, that those parts of you that are, they feel scary and ugly and you don't want anyone to see you want, you know, you don't always have to be so polished. So I love that you do that. Yeah. Well, that's how you create connective tissue with people too. And I think we're really, 
we're all just over this idea of carefully curated, everybody's polished, you're amazing marriage mm-hmm. and your bank account and your business and your butt super tight. And you never doubt yourself. It's like, <laughs> I don't believe you. Like I actually just, I just know that it's not real. I'm like the people, this idea. I hope like, that it is it. though. <laughs> I always hope when I see it, I'm like, I hope that's real. Cause that's, I'm yeah. getting that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm like, there's the other side of the coin. That's like, you're wanting to show the highs and take people along on the journey to show mm-hmm. them that your life is a testimony of what's possible for other people. Yeah, totally. But it's like most people, it's not like everything is going perfectly at the exact same time because if you're if you're growth-minded and you're stretching yourself, you're going to feel uncomfortable like you're not yet the person that can accomplish that thing. And that in itself is messy. So especially mm-hmm. women listening to a podcast like this, it's like, it's almost like normalizing the fact that you're never going to arrive at some state because you are growth minded. And it's not like you're going to be striving and you're never going to appreciate where you at, where you're at, but it's like that appreciation and gratitude for your, your current situation with also this desire to want to go to that next level. Cause you know that you're capable and because right. you know that if you're gifted this vision for this type of marriage or business or career path or health or flexibility, whatever it is, right. That you're also the person that can make it happen. But I think it's really easy to tell ourselves when we see someone that's super polished and we're having this like, you know, messy bun, no makeup, like in the middle of our forehead, just got into a fight with our significant <laughs> other. We're like, oh, Sharon with her perfect sweater. It's like, <laughs> you know? so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just real. And I love that you do that with your community. I just, it's when I started empower her, my podcast, the intention was I wanted it to be a come with me. Let's figure this out together yeah. rather than a look at me. I've got this all figured out type of podcast. Cause there's enough of that out there and totally. it's needed. Experts are needed, but I don't want to be an expert. Which I think is there's definitely go with that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely like a fear of when you show it that like you don't grow as fast that like, you know, because like with the people who've got the the shiny, shiny things all the time, it's like, wow, you know, and people want to watch them and see what they're up to. And I think sometimes when you are just so not, maybe not like overly, you know, <laughs> we don't like air all of the things. It's not like we're, we're showing up crying every single day, you know, but when you, when you do, I think there's this fear that like, this isn't what people want. People want the vision. They want the inspiration and like this, you know, maybe this isn't what people want, but really it's, I think, I think actually the opposite where it's like, that's why I feel as if I've been able to build in a really engaged community is because I think about what I'm attracted to Mm -hmm. and I'm not attracted by someone who looks like they're always crushing it because I just don't feel like that's ever attainable. And I actually like the person that's willing to pull back the curtain. I don't want the person that you know, has a bad day and unpacks and sits there and has a right. party. Like I'm unfollowing you, like get over it. Like, you know, but then, but I do want the person who's doing the work on themselves, who's maybe going out of a tough season. And it's interesting because my husband lost his dad nine months ago. And when he did, I moved into this season where the day before we got a call that his cancer was back, um, I was literally crushing it. Like I was in one of those, you know, like those modes in your business or just in your life where you're like, I cannot be stopped right now. I'm like, boom, 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 like just like crushing everything. I'm feeling so good and I can handle a ton. And it was like, as soon as we got that call, like everything drastically changed mm-hmm. Im- immediately, right? And what I had to recognize in that exact moment was that it's so important not to compare yourself to a prior version of yourself when the yes. circumstances are different because success and your criteria for success is going to look different depending upon where you're at. And 
as I recognized that in real time, I had to kind of show up differently in my life and in my business and have different expectations for myself. But also I was so open about that with Mm -hmm. my community and through my podcast and whatnot, that there were so many people that had never reached out to me before about the show that had been listening for a year or two. And they're like, Keisha, it's so cool to see you in this, even though I don't wish this season upon you, it's cool to see how you're showing up in this season. It almost makes me feel like you're more like me. Right. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting because I was like crying on my podcast. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And and like, of course it was such a tough season that we're all going to experience those moments. But I do think there's a lot of beauty in, in transparency and Mm -hmm. people connect with people. Right. I love that. I love that. I like what you said too, about like looking back to a past version of yourself. Cause I used to, so I used to be more in like the fitness nutrition space. Yeah. And, and so there are still people in my community space that are very much so in the, you know, the never ending (laughs) work on your body cycle and, and not hearing women being like, I just want to get back to this. I just want to get back to that, whether it be in a business or with your body or something, I just want to get back to it. And it's like, no, (laughs) cause even like right now, like maybe some things really suck. Some things suck right now. Yes. But you still have so much wisdom and, and lessons and understanding and you are like growth compared to that version of you who maybe looked a little better in a bikini. Yeah. Or maybe was making a little bit more money or something, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, now look forward to the version of you that you desire. Yes. But looking backwards, it's like, you're never going to have that again. Yeah. And you, never and you don't really up. want to, exactly. right? right? To your point, totally. right? Like, cause you've evolved past that person, yeah. especially someone listening to a podcast like this, you're growth minded. So you believe in your ability to change and continue to get better. Like you're not looking in your review mirror going backwards, like, ex- you know, expecting that you're going to have that body because you're, you're different than you were then. And I hope that you are, because yeah. that's the whole point of this, like making progress as a human and it, and progress, I think can also look different where you can go through a season where like your body, maybe you're not as in, you know, for sake of this example, you're not in as good of shape as you were two years ago, mm-hmm. but your perspective and your, like the fact that you have the knowledge that, and you have the experience that you can look back on and be like, see, like I've done this before. Like I know that I'm capable. The first time that you got in really good shape, you didn't have anything to look back on. You already know that you mm-hmm. can do this. You've proven to yourself that you can. So using that as like ammo to be like, let me get to this next level of myself with the experience that I have is, is really powerful too. Yeah. And apply those lessons that you've learned that maybe they weren't, you know, maybe you weren't doing it the the best way before. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Even better. It's hard though, because like, we also live in this, like, you know, this instant gratification culture where we want to be at that next goal yesterday. And we think that getting there more quickly means that we're more successful, yada, yada. Right. But Mm -hmm. what I'm always really keeping on the forefront of my brain is the distance between where I am now and where I want to go. Instead of looking that like wanting to shorten that time frame or feeling like it's overwhelming or I'm not qualified. It's like, I see that space between where I am now and where I want to go as necessary as the qualification period, because I don't want to get where I want to go. Look back at the path that I took towards getting there. feel like all of my relationships and my health and my Mm. happiness was all put on the back burner. And then I don't want to go for that next goal. And also I don't want to get there more quickly than I need to learn the skills that I need to learn to actually sustain it when I get there. So take this with fitness. A lot of people are like, I'd love to lose 10 pounds tomorrow, 20 pounds tomorrow, whatever. Okay. Say you do that. (laughs) Like a magical genie comes and is like, poof, all right. You know, you lost your 20 pounds. 
you don't have the coping mechanisms, the habits, mm-hmm. the food habits, like the water, the sleep, like all to of the stress it. management. Yeah. yeah. And then what I would fear is say that, you know, you have it overnight and then you don't have the habits to support it. And then you self-sabotage because you don't believe that you're actually capable of doing it because you yes. don't have the experience that proved to you that you can. And then all of a sudden, when you don't maintain it, you tell yourself the story that you can't handle it. It's a stupid goal. You'll never get there. Yeah. Same rules apply for business. Like, yes. I mean, I help so many podcasters, right? And I did this Zoom call with about 30 of them that were newer podcasters. And I was like, how many of you would love to have a million downloads on your show today? And the chat went wild. They're like, and for sake of this example, my show Empower Her has about 250,000 downloads a month. And I was like, how many of you would want a million downloads a month? And I was like, I actually do want to get to that point, but I don't want it yet. Keyword is yet, because I actually do believe we'll get there. And I want to make that type of impact. But I personally, even as confident as I am now, I do not have the confidence to handle that when there's quadruple the amount of ears listening in, that that also includes more people that don't vibe with me. Yeah. That don't like me. I can't handle that type of negative feedback yet. Keyword yet. I'm building up the skills in pursuit of it that I start to just have that confidence that it's unshakable. Right. But I need that time. And even when I think of like the back end of my business, if there was a million people, um, like a million downloads a month into my show versus mm-hmm. 250,000, we don't have the back end infrastructure to scale intimacy or to give people the type of experience that I want them to have by interacting with me. I don't have the team for that. Like That's I don't want the infrastructure for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, it's not like to scare people of setting big goals, but it's really just to recognize that exactly where you are right now is teaching you exactly what you need. You're just going to need to keep taking baby steps in the right direction and know that that still is going to get you there. And it actually might be really beneficial for you. So you can maintain it, you know? Yeah. I I definitely used to, especially in business and, and I was in the boutique space for a little bit. And so I know a lot of boutique owners. I work with a lot of boutique owners now as clients and, and like, you know, what are you going to do when you, when you do a million in sales, you know, what are you going to do? And they're like, I don't know. Like, how are you going to celebrate it? They're like, I'm not, or they didn't, you know, (laughs) it's like, what, you know, oh my God, you should be celebrating like, oh, I normally don't have sales on Tuesday and I had two sales. Like that everything should be a celebration. Cause when you get there, you're just going to be like, okay, cool. What's next. And then all of that work, it's not for nothing, obviously, but it just feels like what else is there? What the hell else? What was the point of it? Right. Yeah. Well, and like, it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, people look at this whole, like, enjoy the process and celebrate and they look (laughs) at it as like fluffy and trivial, but for anyone listening in that has this like practical brain where you're like, okay, you guys, like that sounds cute, but they're already going to this practical stuff. Because to me, I'm like, yeah, it's all about the journey. Um, (laughs) But to them, I'm like, hold on, here's a little reframe on it. If you think of confidence, like I think of confidence is like, it's a bucket. And every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself, it's like, you're putting a deposit into that bucket, right? Plop, 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 plop. Whether that's drink your water, send out that email, show yourself on social media, have that hard conversation, raise your hand in that meeting when you normally don't, whatever that is, like little tiny micro things to put these deposits in your confidence bucket. Mm -hmm. Well, if along the way you don't have micro goals, little tiny goals that you're going to stop and celebrate, you're not only like not having joy in the journey, but you're robbing yourself of the confidence building opportunity that comes from stopping and looking back at how far you've come to your point, yes, right? I love and that. saying like, look at, like, look at how far I've come. That is a massive deposit in your confidence bucket. And as much as there's so many people on social media that like to say like, 
screw the naysayers, screw the haters, screw blah, blah. I get that like fundamentally, but you know, especially with the work that you do, it's like as humans, we're designed to want to belong. It's just mm-hmm. who we are primarily, right? Yeah. So so as much as we don't care what other people think and we, we try to not do that, it's also, it's not totally realistic because people that care about making an impact do care what people think. It's just yes. caring what you think most. But when someone does say something negative to you or your aunt doesn't understand your business or your best friend isn't as supportive as mine was, right? Or your significant other is like, this, this is never going to work out or this is a bad idea. It feels like somebody smacked, you know, for sake of this analogy, smacked the side of your confidence bucket and some slosh is out. Mm. But if you are to your point, focused on micro celebrations along the way and tiny little deposits along the way, some sloshes out, but you're not completely depleted because you're building with the intention of actually setting yourself up to build confidence as a career person, entrepreneur in your health and your relationships, whatever. And I think about that all the time. I literally have like little like checklists where I write like, what are the three most important things to get done today? And then everything else is like sprinkles on top and it helps. It definitely helps when you're like uh, ADHDing the to-do list. Like, no, I don't want to do any of this today. So true. What else can I do? So true. I'm not diagnosed with ADHD, but whenever I see content about ADHD, or like friends of mine send me stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's me. That's it's, me so, for sure. it's so popular. And now it's so funny because like, I, I found this out that I had it like 14 years ago because I had a real jerk of a boyfriend and he's like, you don't listen. You're so stupid. You forget everything. And I was like, yeah, you know, Wait, was and he I was from like, like New York or something? Cause no, you just gave him an accent. I oh, gave okay. him, I gave him an accent. That was my like stupid boy voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he, we lived in California and I went to the doctor and I was like, you know, Alzheimer's runs in my family. So I'm like, oh my gosh, am I like, lo-? I was like uh, not even 30 at the time. And I'm like, am I just forgetting everything? I'm going to have early, early, early Alzheimer's. Like what's going on? And yeah. he, so we did a memory test and I got like a hundred on it. And he's like, okay. And then I was like, so am I just not paying attention? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And basically did what he needed to do to be like, yeah, no, you're, you're ADHD. So, and and was it helpful to know that it was, it helped a lot because I was like, Oh, like this now, all of a sudden everything kind of made a lot of sense. And I was on medication for a bit and I'm not now. Um, but you know, and now I just know that as a business owner, like I just have to sometimes roll with it, you know, like sometimes I have to put my phone down and across the room and just like focus yeah focus and and there are some things that if i if it's fun i'm all about it and um and you know if it's more of that grind stuff then i either have to pass it off to someone or ask myself like do i really need to do this and if i do then i need to see it differently and just yeah. you know why does this need to be done and how can i do it so it's definitely um it helps to know, but it's just funny seeing all the content now and people are, it's not funny. Like everyone's being diagnosed with it, but it's like, you know, oh wow. Okay. Like, uh huh. Well, I've never been diagnosed with it, but like, there's so many things that when they come up, I'm like, I actually do that hack that they say people with ADHD, you should do like body mirroring, like having someone mm. work with you. I do that all the time, but I've just done that without even recognizing where I'm like, okay, how can I make this more fun for myself? How can I connect this to a bigger vision, like doing mundane things, for example, answering DMs, right? I actually like it because I love getting to connect with people, Me too. but it's, it's, it's not sexy. Like just yeah. sitting there, like answering all these messages, right? Which is, it's 
great to have that and to have people that want to reach out to you. But I've always connected it also to a bigger vision where I'm like, I've always wanted to do massive women's events. Mm -hmm. So answering these DMs and building this community, that's contributing to this bigger vision so I can get myself hyped about it. And then I'm also like, okay, but I'm gonna listen to this song and see how many I can get done, like gamifying everything. Mm -hmm. I do that in every aspect of my life. And I'm like, those are very helpful things for people that have ADHD. Make it a game, make it fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. How will I pay attention this longer? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's so real. (laughs) So funny. So this is more of like a business question, but I I think this can be helpful for women who don't like feeling like they're being put in a box or putting other women in a box. Um, You know, if you do have a business or even, you know, if you're in sales or something like that. So niching, right? Like, or niching, whatever. Um, So when I started my boutique years ago, I was in the fitness space, nothing fit my body. I was like, this is bullshit and someone better do something about this. And then I was like, okay, why not me? And so I started boutique, you know, for women with muscles. And so I was very clear, very clear on who I was talking to. Right. And of course people kind of like showed up that had either followed me for a while just to support, or like maybe they didn't fit the exact idea woman that I had in my head, but like they still found it valuable. So now in like the coaching space that I've been in a couple of years, I am so resistant to niching. I'm like, no, I will not put women in a box (laughs) and I can't be put in a box. And I honestly can't even explain what the heck I do. And my clients, even after working with me for almost a year, can't even explain what the hell I do. You know, so how can can I? Um, And, you know, when you're like, oh, high achieving, you know, high achieving women, like corporate, you know, corporate rock stars and business owners and boutique owners and like all of these, you know high level women that people are like, that's not all women are high achieving. That's not deep enough. It has to be the woman who owns a stamp collecting business and has a cat (laughs) that's white named Larry. And that's the riches are in that, those niches. So how do you go from being like, you know, like you're passionate about that type of person and maybe it's like a larger group um, and not kind of shoot yourself in the foot because maybe you're not reaching those people because you're not honed down enough. Like, yeah, it's so interesting. <laughs> I'm like, <There's>, help. <laughs> yeah. So, so what works for me is I have, I like to figure out in my head, what is the stage of life or problem that the person mm-hmm. that I'm most excited to work with is at right now? Like, what's the stage? Like, where are they at? If they slid into my DMs and I started chatting with them, kind of how can I connect with them? And so for me, it's actually always been this woman that on paper, she had all the things that made sense, but she feels like something's off because she wants more and she doesn't know what that more is. So for me, she wants clarity. She wants to be, wants normalizing, changing her mind. She wants to see someone who's really passionate and excited as like proof of what's possible for her. But she also wants to like have a little like pat on her butt to be like, let's freaking go. That's pretty, that's broad. But what works really well for me, especially even in the podcasting, like, space recording solo episodes is I visualize her and I named her. So Mm -hmm. she is niche. Her name is Ashley. And every time that I'm like putting out a piece of content, I'm thinking like, how would this connect with Ashley in some way? Like I did that. I I so did that with the boutique. And now I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So like, so, but, but you still do know, like the, even if like, you've got a lot of different modalities of how you can serve them. I think where people get stuck in the niche thing is when it's like, I can only put out this type of content, but I'm multi-passionate. It's like, well, my target mm-hmm. demographic is not going to connect with someone or that is only putting out one type of content because she wants to see the variety of that person. Yeah. So my niche is another multi-passionate person, which means if I put out like a funny reel that's talking about being best friends with someone, which I 
did yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. That she's going to think that's funny or she's going to vibe with that because like she cares about that. But then she's also like, maybe I am interested in podcasting, yeah. but maybe I'm not. Regardless, I like this like conversation about podcasting. Like, so she has all these things that she's interested in, but I think it's really identifying with the feeling that mm-hmm. she has rather than honing in on exactly who she is. So the feeling that she has is she feels stuck and she needs to laugh sometimes because she's like, just like, this feels freaking overwhelming. She also needs clarity sometimes. So she wants to ask herself good questions. She wants to be entertained because that's her way of like distracting herself from feeling so freaking annoyed that she's got this gut feeling that's telling her she wants more and she doesn't know what that more is. Mm. So it's like, she wants all of these things. And I think that's really how I've approached niche is like, I visualize this person when I'm talking on the podcast, but then I think like, she doesn't just want one piece of content from me. So I'm not going to try and say like, women with muscles. Like, I'm not just going to talk about that. Yeah. Women with muscles also could probably get in their head about stuff totally. where they're like so focused on body image that they might love like something super funny and random from you. So it's mm-hmm. thinking, what is that emotional state of the person that I'm most excited to serve? And how can I create content that will spark some sort of emotion from her? So me, it's like, it's really, it's the girl that on paper has all the things. She probably makes at least $60,000 a year in income. And she went to college and got that job. Does that mean that I attract other people that are out of that? Yeah, totally. for sure. Yeah. But it's more like that 28 to four. Like I kind of know like who she is and then that's, but I've evolved that so much. She's not just a podcaster, although I have programs for podcasters, mm-hmm. but she is someone that's a podcast listener um, because that's kind of my biggest funnel comes in from my show. Right. Sure. So yeah. So that's kind of, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, I just like, I think about it more fluidly. Yeah. I think that does make sense. And I think a lot of women need to hear that honestly, because there are a lot of women who own businesses that are like everyone, you know, and especially in the boutique world. And, and I'm, I'm seeing this a lot. They're like, well, uh, what do you mean niche? Like a lot of them buy a lot of similar stuff from other, that other boutiques have. And it's like, that's how you have to separate yourself from that chick who carries the same stuff as you is like really knowing who the person is you're speaking to and like what keeps them up at night and, and all of that. Um, but there's such a, it's so funny to me how like literally every business coach out there right now is like, okay, first of all, be really clear on your niche. And it's like, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause the women who listen to this show, there are women I, that followed me, you know, from, from the fitness days and the, and the nutrition days, and then some from the boutique days. And a lot have followed me on my journey now, like in the coaching space. And so, Yep. It's like, there's a whole mishmash. And so it, you know, to me, it feels like I'm just dis- like, I'm not honoring all of the variety of amazing women that are here listening right now, you know, yeah, <laughs> because they're all so well, different. I, I actually think though, your niche is someone who's going to be evolving. So yeah. the reason that they're attracted to you too, is because you're normalizing evolution. Yeah. I've like changed your mind on things that you were like, I was this and now I'm this Ooh, yeah. and now I'm this. And that's what she wants is someone who's an example of what's possible for her too. Cause it's hard to be what you can't see. So I feel like a lot of people have been along on this journey for you as they have with me of different things that I've tried. We're like, gosh, like this girl is just so unapologetic about the fact that she tries something. And if she doesn't like it, she just moves on to the next thing. Yeah. Burn it down. (laughs) Yeah. That in itself is a niche, I think. And that's probably why I like the conversation rather than niche. I like the conversation more about like depth of connection more Mm. than I like the conversation about growing your following, right? It's like, how can you scale intimacy? 
How can you get to know the people that you're currently connected with so that they love your content so much, they come up with their own explanation of who you are and they tell two of their friends. Right. And that's how you organically grow with the, the right type of people. That's always something that I've just been so much more passionate talking about because so many people are like, how do you grow more followers? I'm like, if you want to be super <laughs> consistent, you want to niche down. Like I've seen plenty of people do that to me. Yeah. That sounds like I'm going to take a fork and shove it in my eyeball. So I'm not going to be <laughs> consistent doing that. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. And last time I checked, we became entrepreneurs because we wanted the freedom to create what we wanted rather than create ourselves a job. Totally. Totally. I think, I think loving that, loving your people, being there for your people, answering questions and like, you know, I mean, having, growing your following is great, you know, but it, it, it's hard to scale that, you know, that answering all of the messages and doing all of that and, and it's just what's going to fuel into you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. what's what are you going to actually enjoy about it? And getting mm-hmm. very clear, I think, for yourself on, you know, is what I'm doing now, this is always a question I ask myself during major transition seasons, but is what I'm doing now getting me closer to the vision of where I want to be in a year or two or further from it? Because we're yeah. never staying stagnant. So when I ask myself that, I'm like, okay, like, for example, I started a business membership that I closed down, even though it was successful on paper and like people were excited about it. Mm-hmm. It felt so unaligned to me because I was like, I don't want to go into the business coaching space. Like, right. I'm not interested in that because I almost always want to tell everybody, start a podcast and let me tell you how to <laughs> grow that. So it's like, I'd rather just stay in the podcasting lane. Um, you know, and then I'm like, but I also want to do women's events. And where do I see myself in two years? Hopefully, with a baby and wanting to be an example of someone who speaks and does keynote speaking, who's pregnant and who like brings her kid with them and has these massive women's events and podcasts and talks about weird, like mom stuff too. I'm like, I see that element and <laughs> yeah. that has nothing to do, you know, like, so it's kind of like asking yourself, where do you, where do you want to be? And your community is going to come with you. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of adopted the whole, like, I am the niche. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I am. I, it's me. Niche? It's me. I don't know. Like I have squirrels raving in my brain all the time. Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Squirrels so raving in my brain. <laughs> I just, you know, I know that you know what that I mean. Image. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they're like, get your ducks in a row before you cross the road. I'm like, I literally, I actually am having squirrels raving in my brain. They are raving. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go do it, Cage. Yeah. yeah I, I actually saw the other day that you had posted about like going to tell my husband another business idea. And I was like, oh my God, it's me. Like my husband's like, can we not? Well, I do have another good one, which is tell me what you think about this. It's, (laughs) so I love fanny packs. So it's fanny packs that match, you you match with either your daughter or your dog. So it's mom and daughter matching fanny packs. And then you could also even bring your dog. It's sparkly matching fanny packs. I love the dog, the dog idea. (laughs) He was literally like, that feels like something that you would do. And okay. he's like, if you still want to do it in a couple of weeks, then we'll start looking. <laughs> okay. Tuesday. He's like a couple of weeks. Let's, let's, yeah. let's just uh, see if that fades out and something else pops <laughs> in its place. Inevitably, inevitably. So real. Uh, so good. I love your energy. Just obsessed with you. Um, super cool to have you just here and like letting my listeners like, like get to have you and in their ears if they don't already listen to empower her. So we kind of like to end on this question of how do you eat self-love for breakfast? So from a ta- I actually want to give like a tactical answer to this too, which is yeah. <laughs> every morning. So because my husband was a dentist, we're like big on the full Sonicare rotation. Like you don't cut out <laughs> early, you know, you know, sometimes you want to like hit the line and be like, I'm done. No, like, I, he like, I feel like he knows that I, when I do that. So During in the morning, I'm always priming my brain of what I'm excited about for the day because I believe, and this is really positive, really popular in positive psychology, that I believe as humans, we're not responsible for our first thought, 
but we're responsible for our second thought. Yes. So your first thought can be like, me, I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. But your second thought is like, what am I excited about? And I've just integrated it into my life from like a habit stacking perspective where the full time that I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I'm thinking about what I'm excited about and why I'm so proud of myself and just like pumped for the day and like really priming my brain to get myself into the best possible state. And then at the end of the night, when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm thinking about how I can explain to myself why I'm proud of myself or how I showed up. It can't be like, you did website copy. It'll be like, you focused you focused and sat down and worked through something that was challenging for you to focus on. Like, you should be proud of yourself that you did that. So yeah. it's more about like who I actually was rather than what I accomplished. And Love I, that. I do that constantly. And then the self-love aspect, like I think about, I have to, especially with how much energy I have, which anyone <laughs> tuning in can probably tell. Um, <laughs> I have to get it cycling through my body physically. Yes. Not even from like a, yes, I want to, you know, even change right now. I'm in a season where I want to change the composition of my body and like how it looks. And that's, there's no problem with that, but it's from an energetic perspective. So I don't get anxious. I have to move my body first thing, non-negotiable, nothing on my calendar early because nice. otherwise I'm so scattered. So yeah. I'm like finding what those things are that I need to do. And I feel like that's a form of eating self-love for breakfast is like, Hey, like I am actually going to prioritize myself, not just give that lip service, but what do I actually need to do to feel the best? Cause I, I deserve that. Yeah. And that way I can show up better throughout the day. You know, I love that movement, sound, breath, all ways to move energy through the body. Yes. Yes. Jam. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. All right. Where can everyone find you? Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, so my podcast is called Empower Her. And uh, my favorite social media platform is Instagram. It's just at Keisha.Fitzgerald. Pretty active over there. Love a good weird story. Might, <laughs> might twerk in a reel and hopefully remind <laughs> you that you're capable. And yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you. Just so good to have you here. Really appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> thank you so much. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram stories, send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.